48K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Maya Cohen. The top stories. An academic has called on the government to hand out cash instead of e-vouchers as the financial secretary prepares his budget. Cinema operators have warned that theatres will be forced to shut if COVID restrictions remain in place. And the United Nations says Myanmar has descended into civil war a year after a military takeover of the country. An economic scholar says it would be better if the government gave people cash instead of electronic consumption vouchers if officials decide to distribute a fresh round of handouts. Timmy Sung has the details. The Financial Secretary Paul Chan is expected to deliver the budget later this month, and some legislators want him to distribute another round of e-vouchers to help businesses hit by the latest Omicron outbreak. Speaking on an RTHK program, Kevin Cho from Clemson University in the U.S. said he believed the vouchers would do little to further promote electronic payments in Hong Kong, whereas it's easier for people to spend if cash is handed out. When asked if it is better to distribute the handouts after the pandemic, he said the government should announce any plans as soon as possible. But the chairman of the Federation of Hong Kong Kowloon New Territories Hawker Association, Chen Kang Wing, said people might save the money if they were given cash. And he noticed shoppers were more generous after they received the vouchers last year. A representative for cinema operators has warned that some members in the trade may have to lay off staff and close down as theatres remain shut under the government's COVID restrictions. The chairman of the Hong Kong Theatres Association, Timothy Yuan, says although box office earnings improved last year, revenue had just reached half of the pre-pandemic level. Speaking on an RTHK programme, Mr Yuan also pointed out that operators received less relief from the government subsidies and smaller rent concessions. <clears throat> the UN human rights chief, Michelle Bachelet, has acknowledged that Myanmar has descended into civil war a year after the military seized power. The BBC's Jonathan Head reports. What started as a peaceful nationwide civil disobedience campaign against military rule has become an armed uprising. Military convoys are being ambushed almost every day by militias using homemade guns and explosives. The army is laying waste to towns and villages which support the uprising. The death toll is now in the thousands, and more than 300,000 people have been driven from their homes. The United States says Russia has delivered a written response to Washington's proposals aimed at reducing tensions over the Ukraine. U.S. officials do not disclose any details, saying it would be unproductive to negotiate in public. Earlier, the United States and Russia traded bitter accusations over Ukraine at the U.N. The Russian ambassador said the U.S. was provoking escalation by falsely accusing Moscow of preparing to invade. His American counterpart, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, rejected what she said were Russia's attempts to paint Western countries as the aggressors. The threats of aggression on the border of Ukraine, yes, on its border, is provocative. Our recognition of the facts on the ground is not provocative. The threats of action if Russia's security demands aren't met is provocative. Our encouraging diplomacy is not provocative. Canada's Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, has blasted a trucker's convoy that is demanding an end to all COVID-19 restrictions. 
its interrupted normalcy in the city's cap- in the capital city of Ottawa by causing major traffic, noise and safety issues. Mr Trudeau condemned the three days of protest, which saw the war memorial vandalised and the flying of Nazi flags. Over the past few days, Canadians were shocked and, frankly, disgusted by the behaviour displayed by some people protesting in our nation's capital. I want to be very clear. We are not intimidated by those who hurl insults and abuse at small business workers and steal food from the homeless. We won't give in to those who fly racist flags. To the weather forecast, cloudy with a few rain patches, moderate to fresh north to northwesterly winds, occasionally strong on high ground. The outlook, cool with a few rain patches on the second and third days of the Lunar New Year. The weather will improve later this week. Currently, the temperature is 13 degrees, with a relative humidity of 85%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. The findings of a report into parties held during coronavirus lockdowns at the Downing Street offices of the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson have highlighted a failure of leadership at the top of government. The report, by a senior civil servant, was severely constrained by a police investigation into many of the events. Amid jeering from opposition MPs, Mr Johnson told Parliament he accepted the report's findings. Firstly, I want to say sorry. And I'm sorry for the things we simply didn't get right and also sorry for the way that this matter has been handled. And it's no use saying that this or that was within the rules and it's no use saying that people were working hard. This pandemic was hard for everyone. British police say they're reviewing more than 300 photographs and 500 pages of information as they investigate whether parties held at the government offices broke COVID lockdown regulations. They're looking into 12 different events, eight in Mr Johnson's official residence at Downing Street and one in the Prime Minister's private flat. The Metropolitan Police Commander is Catherine Roper. At the moment, we are assessing the information that we were provided with on Friday and we are following a process that we have applied throughout all of this assessment period. We will look at the information that we've got and then we'll be contacting those people that we want to um, have further information from the series of questions to understand more about their involvement in that alleged event and then we will take the investigation from there. A representative of a group for families who have lost loved ones to the coronavirus has said the findings of the report into Downing Street parties were sickening. David Garfinkel is a member of the COVID-19 Bereaved Families for Justice. We stuck to the rules all the way through. You know, I, 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 I took it incredibly seriously. I took it very seriously for my family to find out that they have not been following the very rules that they have set is disgusting and sickening and it is just absolutely unbelievable and while millions of people were rising to the challenge of making you know quite incredible and enormous sacrifices to protect their loved ones and to protect the rest of society Downing Street and our Prime Minister failed and they continued to lie. Another journalist has been murdered in Mexico the fourth in as many weeks. The killings have reinforced Mexico's reputation as one of the most dangerous countries for journalists. Here's the BBC's Will Grant. 
The murder of Roberto Toledo in the city of Citacuaro makes January the deadliest month for journalists in Mexico in almost a decade. Mr. Toledo, a journalist in the western state of Michoacán, was shot to death outside the offices of the online publication he worked for, called Monitor Michoacán. The website's director said that his staff had faced numerous death threats in recent weeks, but also vowed that Roberto Toledo's murder would not cow them into silence. A new scientific study suggests there are around 14% more tree species on Earth than previously recorded. The data will be used to help assess priorities for conservation. The BBC's Helen Briggs has more. Past estimates have come up with a figure of about 60,000 or so different types of tree, but scientists now think that's an underestimate, suggesting thousands of rare species unknown to science are still to be discovered, particularly in tropical rainforests such as the Amazon. Forests play an essential role in absorbing carbon dioxide emissions and regulating the climate, yet they're increasingly being lost to logging, fires and global heating, particularly in the parts of the world that harbour the most rare and undiscovered species. The New York Times has announced it has bought Wardle for an undisclosed price in the low seven figures. Wardle, which burst onto the internet just four months ago, is a web browser-based game played by millions. Created by engineer Josh Wardle, the game consists of guessing one five-letter word per day in just six tiers. According to the New York Times, the game had only 90 players in early November. By early January, there were more than 300,000. And to end the news, the top stories once again. An academic has called on government to hand out cash instead of e-vouchers as the financial secretary prepares his budget for the coming year. And that's the news from RTHK. Thanks, Maya. Quando si fa l'amore sotto la luna, come da bene in cave di I love you. Americano. Papa, Americano. 
<laughs> that was the song that bugged us back in 2010. An earworm, if ever I've heard one. Uh, Yolanda, and we speak no Americano. Not here. Not likely. Hope you're doing well. It's James Ross with Morning Brew extended through until 2 o'clock today. Still don't know what I was waiting for And my time was running wild A million dead-end streets And every time I thought I got it made It seemed the taste was not so sweet So I turned myself to face me But I've never caught a glimpse of How the others must see the faker I'm much too fast to take that test. But never leave the stream of warm permanence And so the days float through my eyes But still the days seem the same And these children that you spit on As they try to change their worlds Are immune to your consultations They're quite aware of what they're going through Ch-ch-ch-changes Turn and face the strain Ch-ch-changes Don't tell them to blow up and 